0: Hey there gamers, I am Pruitt, this is Jim Davis, and DMs, we know you're frustrated out there trying to challenge your players, it's exhausting, you're drowning, It's the air is being sucked out of the room. But i tell you what we're going to do, we're going to teach you how to fight dirty today, we're going to teach you how to DM dirty today on WebDM.
1: This episode is sponsored by 1985 Games and their Dungeon Notes Kickstarter. Dungeon Notes empower DMs and players to keep easy track of their characters and the world around them in any 5th edition game. The Heroes Journal is for players to keep their characters and all the notes about the campaign. And for Dungeon Masters, they've got two. A campaign journal for prep and world building, and a session notebook to log what happens during gameplay keep your monsters and NPCs at the ready. Plus, they've got dungeon sticky notes to keep track of everything from NPCs and locations to spell slots and hit points, all designed to help keep you be organized and focused on having fun at the table. Don't miss out. Link in the description.
0: All right, Jim, let's uh, let's give the DMs out there a little bit of help, um, <clears throat> because you, like we've discussed before about fifth edition, it can be a little difficult to, quote unquote, kill characters and sometimes sure, yeah. people feel that it's a little safe and everything but i think that's i think that goes uh not solely on the dm but uh what the dms can do about this is just right. uh, i think maybe look at beyond the hit points
1: yeah yeah taking it beyond the uh the hit points we're talking about uh presenting combat to characters or or you know the conflict uh that really uses the full mind of the exception based rule design of fifth edition, like sort of the low hanging fruit of this would be like exhaustion or, or the drowning and suffocation rules to, Mm uh, (laughs) to threaten, uh, characters with. And my mind goes to like looking at the entire character, all of it, the character sheet as it were, and considering that open game in terms of how you, uh, (laughs) you come out the uh the characters how you can fight dirty and uh and still hopefully present a a comment that is exciting and interesting uh and maybe a little frustrating but at least they'll have their characters at the end of it (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah in some form or fashion (laughs) so yeah let's let's jump into this so uh yeah let's let's jump into getting get let's get dirty with it first off Let's 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 talk about one thing yeah everybody loves them it's proficiencies it's unified yes. mechanic. It was introduced uh, however many editions ago, but it, it was solidified in fifth edition. Fifth edition, Where yeah, everybody's certainly. the same. But yeah. attacking proficiencies, what would it like? Jim, if you were a thief and you were picking a lock and you screw it up and you get stabbed by a needle and get poisoned, and all of a sudden now you can't remember how to pick locks, and you right. took expertise in picking certainly locks. Certainly does but yeah. you now like a poison that, that attacks your proficiencies and take those away. Uh, Cause you yeah. can't think clearly or, or whatever, like, ha- I mean, whatever again, it is, magic. Yeah. Um, you do whatever
1: you want, right? I, no, I, 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 love this idea of someone who has developed a poison specifically to deter lock picks, you know, people who would, who yeah. would uh, try to pick locks. Right. And, and like that, That's a really cool example of why you would attack the proficiency in the first place, you know, like whether it's a curse, whether it's a a poison, whether it's a special attack, whatever, like telling a player, like, yeah, you don't know how to use that weapon anymore. Like you failed that save, right? You failed your charisma save your whatever you, yeah, you don't know how to use that weapon anymore. Um, Or, yeah, you got hit with this uh, mind affecting attack and, and, you know, you, you don't have access to these skill proficiencies anymore. They took your knowledge. They took arcana and history and whatever you know like Mm -hmm. those are things that you can um you know that you can hit the player with because it just it makes life difficult right like it doesn't say no you can't do anything although it might in very you know in some circumstances but like you can still attempt these things you just don't have your proficiency um Mm -hmm. and so i i think that's i really like that as a first kind of like step towards thinking uh, about attacking the entire character and not just their hit points.
0: (laughs) You take proficiency away. Uh, Yeah, it really sucks for all those those uh, rogues, those bards that have expertise and whatever. But, you know, if you're a fighter and you still got a high strength, like you can still swing that sword. Sure. You're just not swinging it as well. You don't remember right. the particulars of slipping that sword between armor or whatever. Right. You still can hack away, but it's Give it a it's shot. A, yeah, yeah. It's 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 to me. It's a it's not as that's not as bad as say giving disadvantage like a level of exhaustion. Having disadvantage sure. on something isn't nearly as terrible as oh, for some reason I just can't remember my my, my sword caught is, I can't remember <laughs> right. what's going on, you know, I don't know how to um, use this thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, especially at lower levels, uh, you know, your, your bonus is probably gonna, uh, you know, from your ability scores is probably gonna outweigh your proficiency bonus, your proficiency but bo- your proficiency bonus. Isn't yet like in the range that it starts to equal, you know, that's equal to or on par with the bonus you would get from advantage. So it is a nice way of saying like, no, they're coming at you. This is something, a complication that you've introduced to just throw Mm -hmm. things off a bit. And rather than use the like minus one, minus two, the little sort of fiddly penalties that you might get uh, from other debuff type effects. Like this is just a kind of a cleaner way. You know what your proficiency bonus is. You have the other half right of your, whatever your total bonus is already there. So instead of looking at your whole skill score, you know, you just look at the ability score. That's it easy to remember, Mm -hmm. right? You don't have to do any other refactoring uh, of anything on the fly. Mm -hmm. Um, Some, some things to consider with it. Like, I'm not sure I'd use language a lot. I think there's, there's a case to be made for like taking away language proficiencies. And depending on the party I was playing with or DMing Mm -hmm. for like taking away their ability to communicate with each other, using language might be fun or it might be very frustrating. Uh, And Mm -hmm. so I, you know, gauge that according to what i was dming for but i might also just take away proficiency bonus period just be like something is blocking this something you know some something is mm-hmm. you know you don't get it to your weapon attacks you don't get it to your uh you know your saving throw bonuses or your saving throw dcs or your spell attacks or whatever um you know you don't get your <laughs> a second ago like you don't get your saving throw bonus i took away your constitution save Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's the, that's how deadly this disease is. It like undermines the, you know, your very ability to, to like resist it. Um, yeah, I, I love proficiency as a first stop on a, how to, how to really think about coming up with things to affect the characters. Very fun.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Uh, and, uh, if you want to think about proficiency and getting better at role-playing, you need to check us out over on Patreon, uh, where you get four podcasts a month, uh, for like five bucks. So it's a lot more uh, more learning to be learned uh, so you know check that out if you want um so let's move to the second one here Jim I, uh, yeah even though uh, fifth edition doesn't have like alignment per se it's not as big of a mm. deal as it's been in, in the right. past they did uh, they do have the 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 um, ideals bonds flaws uh, traits. Which yeah. is kind of a more grayer, you know, kind of specific, but you know, it's, it's a little RP fuel, but there's Certainly. nothing wrong with, with, with messing with those. And not just in the, oh, my bond is my sister that I protect and just killing her. Sure. Like, no, 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 Right, right. What if you gave you about some, what, if, some, what if an enemy gave you a new bond that conflicted yeah. with your original one? What if it did?
1: What if it did? What if the enemy gives you a bond to protect it? Right now it's like ideals bonds and flaws are are i I really like them i think they're one of the better introductions of of stats to fifth edition the fact they're kind of coupled with background love it so to me they're integral to fifth edition and the fact that more is done with ideals bonds and flaws and it's pretty much just left to this forgotten corner of, of the game system where inspiration and it hang out it's fine you know like I like to have games where they change over time, where my characters bonds, ideals and flaws change over time, where the DM suggests changes to them and having enemies that can change them or effects that can change them, for instance. So like, as an example, I had a, uh, a kraken <laughs> in one of my games who was capable of inflicting moral wounds that when someone went toe to toe with them in combat, the physical, you know, like being physically struck by this kraken's, uh, tentacles claws, and the like gave flaws. It made a person more paranoid. It, it, it encouraged them to like hoard secrets, but also spread gossip. Like it just mm-hmm. encouraged all this sort of bad behavior that then leads to a conflict that has to be resolved. And like, how do you cure a moral wound? How do you, how, how do I heal my flaw? <laughs> right? Like it, it requires the DM to like, think up what happens, what this means, how these things get changed. I had a charisma save for them, uh, to resist uh, having a new flaw imposed, um, and treated it like a curse uh, in terms of how to to remove it, um, but to me it, it like it opened up the door to a lot of interesting role playing possibilities that come out of fighting creatures that could change you when you fight them. Demons mm-hmm. ought to leave scars on you, right? Like it it ought to be terrifying to fight some of these aberrations. I don't think it's inappropriate to say like, yeah, you get new flaws whenever you fight them, like. Did You get taken out by a mind blast from a mind flare. Like, <laughs> that leaves a mark. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah, a little uh, in the morning.
1: <laughs> right, right. Um, and you were mentioning alignment, uh, you know, mm-hmm. with this, is that the ideals and bonds can reflect what other editions tried to do with alignment with forced alignment change. right? Like other editions tried to say like it's a bad thing that you went from neutral good to neutral evil. But it was ham fisted and the advice for it was terrible. And, and it was presented in this very punitive and, and, you know, unengaging way, whereas if you changed bonds and flaws and ideals, like you can introduce something like an alignment change, right? Someone's radically different than they used to be. They have different beliefs. Now they, they value something different without putting like a straitjacket on it and you can work with a player to, to encourage them to lean into this thing or if they don't want to lean into it, that's okay. But it is a fact about them, right? Like it Mm -hmm. it is a fact about their character that will come up that if they want healed, they'd have to, to seek out changed really. I really feel like it's not explored enough yet. All the things we can do with ideal ideals. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't just keep those two uh, ribbon abilities. It's not, it's not just there to dress up the present. Like it's,
1: it's, (laughs) (laughs) it's part of their part of your character. Yeah. They're part of your character yeah yeah
0: um okay so uh this is this next one is one that i i i love doing I, one of the monsters i designed but not your hit points but your hit die like yeah that that pool of refreshing healing energy for your short and long rests that that lets you get over all those wounds whatever they you however you see them but like Mm -hmm. attacking your hit die like i had a a monster i designed that it when they hit you it would it would give you like fractures in your bones (laughs) and it would if you failed your save you would get take hit die damage and that represented took it just takes longer for you to heal because if you think about that like that's all that means is uh, you know yeah. you 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 have some you have some problems with the infrastructure, uh, and you got to mm-hmm. be a little more you be a little more timid for a few days. You know, like I just had a spill and hurt my wrist, and I'm a little bit more whatever <laughs> with my wrist for a few days. Got a little bit less but in you, <laughs> yeah. I got a little less in me because my hit die were hurt and I can't replenish it. And so uh-huh. uh, I don't know what would what, uh, expound on that, right on- Jim Davis.
1: I think you're right on track. I think conceiving of hit dice as like the actual health of your character. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and of, of, of long-term injury being reflective in how quickly you regain hit dice, how, how many you regain, uh, and, and the one as an aside for all of this show. These are also really interesting ways if you take the reverse of them to reward your players in ways they might not expect, but we're not doing that show right now. Uh, you know, you might say it takes double the amount of time to regain hit dice when you have a serious lingering injury, right? Or, you know, you might say that you can never recover more than X number of hit dice because until this other thing is cured, you'll never be at full, right? You can never have more than half your hit dice at any one time, right? And when we think of like the divide between hit dice and hit points whereas hit points are more nebulous like luck and fatigue and all other kinds of things you know flesh wounds and like like your hit dice are a bit more concrete right like you get a certain number of them back every day you can spin them they represent something more core to you you know and and i also like using them as a resource right like i like having them there to represent not just more serious injury but like using them as a tax as like, you could get out of this thing, but you're going to have to spend a hit dice, right? Like you, you know, they, they couple well with say environmental hazards and the like, where it's like, okay, you're going to have to trek across this really desolate stretch of, of terrain, you know, or this, this violent, uh, weather phenomenon or magical event that, that we want to have a cost just to it. Right. And so I'm going to, th- th- what this cost is hit dice right how many do you mm-hmm. want to wager you know do you just want to get this over with or do you want to risk a die roll like there's a lot of things you can do when you put hit dice on the table as a resource to both like threaten mm-hmm. and manage and and like manipulate um i uh, i'm i'm well, digging this what about you know
0: what about uh if you're a player uh, and your dm says to you you know you cross this this arid expanse uh desert whatever it is and uh, at the end of it, uh, what would you? What do you want? What do you want? You want a level of exhaustion, or subtract two hit die, or three hit die? Sure. As you sure. get to the end of your adventure, you know, one, right. hey, you're better off right now, but you're not going to be able to heal as well. Versus, all right, I can fully heal, but I'm, I'm just, I'm off. You know, know. I'm just. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's at least. It. Yeah, that's hats. a really good. That's a really good choice to put to a player. You know, it gives them like one of the. If you, this is going to suck right this this is gonna suck but i'm gonna give it to you how in what ways you want it to suck right like mm-hmm. uh it, i think it really drives home sort of both how dangerous the environment can be but also like gives the player a choice in the matter to say like yeah i, mm-hmm. I really just don't want to have to worry about disadvantage on everything please <laughs> like, i'll take yeah. i'll take having reduced it die another yeah. way to sort of oh,
0: just, just a tax. <laughs> oh
1: sure yeah yeah um <laughs> I was going to say another way to sort of manipulate hit dice without being overly punitive is to say like something happens when you spend one, you know, that, that, you know, something maybe undesirable, um, could be that it advances something in you. Like if you're cursed or have an infestation or something like that, mm-hmm. that that gets worse whenever you spend a hit dice. So you don't have to, if you've got people around to heal you, stuff like that. You're going to be okay. But at some point, um, if you ever spend one, this ticking
0: clock just ticks one more down until it's going (laughs) to get you (laughs) five minutes to midnight, Um, right? (laughs) right. Wait, spell slots, Jim Davis. Like this is something that, uh, uh, I can already hear all of our, our caster allies just crying foul. Don't attack my spell
1: slots piece,
0: (laughs) but it is a reserve of magical energy and there are creatures out there that that crave magical energy yeah Uh, so so what do do you think
1: i think it's perfectly appropriate to have arcane creatures that like do spell slot damage like this takes Mm -hmm. your lowest one your highest one you know um i i think that's just the beginning of what you can do i think there are curses that like take over your spell slots like imagine a cursed spell that once it gets in your character's mind, or how, you know, however you conceive of them preparing their magic, it just takes over. It's like, you know, no, you've this one already. It will, no matter what else you have prepared, you you can't cast them. You know, the consequence of this effect is that it's this one spell and like, it wants to get it, it wants to affect every spellcaster around here. The casting of it exposes them to uh you know to infection as well like those are the kinds of deterrents i imagine a highly magical civilization cooking up for themselves right when i think of like the ancient magical empires that that are in these dnd worlds i think of them having magic that's like yeah we can mess with your ability to cast magic you know like i i have a you know a dispel magic that not just dispels magic on you but it takes your spells from you right like it 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 steals your magic <laughs> that's what my magic does <laughs> um or it like loads your spell casting slots up with just dead weight so that you know I, I can imagine like an offensive spell that if the enemy caster the the one targeted fails their save it like they have to spend their spells on just junk magic you know they 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 replace all your spells prepared with just terrible ones you know just what mm-hmm. you don't sky right purify, like yeah. <laughs> purify food and water purify food and water spells yeah. you don't or eat.
0: or uh if you can if you you know if you're fourth level and you have second level spot slots you have to upcast yeah um, you have to yeah you always have to cast it, if, it, if it has the ability you have to upcast it even if you don't want yeah. to well, I only got that one yeah. second level slot that I wanted to cast blindness deafness yeah yeah nope yeah. Nope. nope, you cast bless. on four people. <laughs> right,
1: right. Yeah, I, I p- making them pay more for a spell. Right, like yeah, you can cast whatever spell you want. It's just going to cost you extra. Right, it's going to cost you either an extra of that level or you know one lower or one higher. Um, you know, you could even do it like it just costs you X number of spell levels, and then you pick from all the spells you have. Cost you seven spell levels. You could do a five and a two, three and a four, whatever, you know? And, um, I think that think, you know, like being willing to come at a caster that way can really highlight like a, a villain or a monster that is, that's out there to get casters, right? Like, why wouldn't they have these, uh, you know, the means to completely shut down a magic user from their source of magic. Um, and in that line of thought, I started thinking of things like changing the relationship of of the conditions of casting, the components you need, verbal, somatic, mm-hmm. material, a focus, like, those are also things that you can manipulate, and like, if you're cursed to you cannot hold your spell focus, then that kind of is a big, big, uh, wet blanket on your ability to cast magic.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Better go find those material components. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's like, uh, like in video games where you get to play the first level as a far more advanced thing. And then when you start the real game, you have to actually, so you start, you start with your, with your arcane focus that gets taken away for a while. So now you're out there scrounging in the, in the dirt, looking for (laughs) grubs and and whatever for material components for a bit till you get this thing removed. Uh Um, uh yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, does it have to stop with spell slots? Like sure, there are yeah. other abilities that characters can do, and you can just kind of extrapolate and expand it to other, you know, yeah. whether it's key, you know, if you're talking about key points for a monk, like having a blockage of your, of your, of your key, um, yep. that's, that can't spend compelling. them takes more. Ep- spent a whole couple yep. episodes about avatar about that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Getting right. That's perfectly flow. appropriate. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to go fight that barbarian. We better bring our ultra calming psychic you know, telepath to keep that barbarian on lockdown, right? Barbarian, you failed your charisma save. It's going to take you all your rage to rage this once. It takes you all your uses of rage for this next one. You know, like Mm -hmm. those are the sorts of uh, ways that you can use those per, you know, per rest abilities that uh, characters other than spellcasters have.
0: And you mentioned uh, arcane foci. So uh, that's not the only piece of equipment that characters have on them. (laughs) And it's it's okay to remember that uh, they have a whole lot of stuff in their packs, uh, on their person. That if a villain knows that they're there, like this is when you go after it. You know, if if right. if you see a you see a, a character over there chugging a bunch of potions, like why wouldn't you hit him with the shatter?
1: I would. Yeah, I've done it. Sure. Who knows what's on there? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what they got? That person in robes? Yeah, I'm gonna hit him with. <laughs> With a glass breaking spell. Yeah. Um, Spell that's going to set their book on fire. And uh, Mm -hmm. to me, this is the big, to me, this is the big one. I can see players putting up with a lot of stuff, right? I have, in my experience, I have found that like, there's something about the gear and equipment that a character has. That's especially important to, to a lot of players. And I'm not sure just, I don't mean just magic items. Right. But like, it's sort of a, A resource that players treat as is just sort of like, okay, I I have this on my person somewhere, you know, but it's not necessarily like embodied in the game. And for me, attacking the inventory of treating that as a resource to, to tax and to draw from and to present losses to as part of challenge makes it real. Right. It, it takes the inventory out of this weird hammer space of it's on a big list on my character sheet and I have it when I need it, but I'm not really thinking about how I'm carrying all this in a fight kind of thing. And says like, well, yeah, do you really have this? Do you really have food? Right? Like did, when was the last time you checked? Cause you've been in the trackless wilderness for ages and have you checked to make sure it's not maggot and and you know, like mm-hmm. that something didn't happen when you were in that swamp, something can happen to your water, you know, um, yeah gear vetted brackish right right gear and and like sort of damage to gear is a great way to portray an environmental hazard and to present sort of a cost to the to the characters that's not like hit points and exhaustion levels and things like that it's like ropes get lost uh lock picks break um you know weapons get dinged up shields get crushed all kinds of things can happen to gear that um you know would makes sense for what's going on in the game. But like, I, I think there's a reticence to take things, take material possessions away, uh, uh, from the characters. Um, but I look at the game like D and D and I go, there's a reason rust monsters exist. <laughs> there's a reason mm-hmm. that th- things can take that can like destroy your magic items and, and take those things away as well. You know,
0: uh, yeah, definitely. And, uh, as, as DMS go through their games, like there's a certain way to do it. Yeah. Without overdoing it, you don't, maybe Certainly. just pour a bunch of black pudding on one of your characters. Cause you want to take one item away. You felt like you made a mistake and that. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: yeah it, it's worth noting, especially when it comes to gear, like how, how much control the, the players have in, in getting magic items. Right. Like, if you run a game mm-hmm. where the players are very, like, driven and can go places and they can hunt down rumors of items and pursue those, then I have no problem taking them away. Right. Cause they earned it. They can work for it. There's others out there if they want to make up the loss for it. If it's in a game where it's like treasures parceled out at, at certain intervals and you sort of like check these boxes, okay, by this level, you have this and things like that. Or, or even into the like, the players will tell you what they want and ex- with the expectation that you work it into the game. I'm not going to mess around as much with magic items but that doesn't mean i can't take them temporarily make it a hassle to uh um, you know to access them make you spend two attunement slots to get (laughs) to get attunement for something or introduce a kind of cost to using it right especially if it's temporary right if it's just a temporary Mm -hmm. thing um then you know that's just a that's just a good night of gaming come on (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know, what what about a plus one sword that's cursed that it takes all of your attunement slots?
1: Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, something, and that's okay. So I'm glad you mentioned cursed items because normally in Dungeons and Dragons, a cursed item is just a drag. It's a minus to hit. It's a penalty to hit. Right? Mm-hmm. That's boring. That is not interesting. That that's a passive thing that happens to a character and not something the player can engage with on an active basis. What if instead? item gave you a flaw or a bond, or it messed with any of these other things that we have been talking about today, but it could also just come with something else, right? Like those art minor detriments for artifacts is a good table to look for, for inspiration. You stink, mm-hmm. you have a weird shadow, yeah. you know, things like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Your> shadow's always <laughs> going the wrong direction. Uh, right,
1: right. Um, but uh, to kind of stick with uh, equipment like here, I I, I want to loop back a bit to like the taking away of gear and the damaging of it. Because I do think that there's a certain expectation that players have that like, okay, I'm a fighter. I will have weapons to fight with. I am a caster. I will have the means to cast my spells. And I think if you like systemically and habitually like constantly take those things away, then the players are justified in in calling foul on that. But the occasional mm-hmm. rust monster, the occasional ooze that eats through something, the occasional thief who takes a you know magic item when you're not looking for it, I think is is perfectly fine. And a way to like yeah. show danger, show that show that you know there's a threat without like threatening the life of your characters. Um mm-hmm. but there's like a a little bit of another aspect to gear an inventory that you can also use that if you're featuring encumbrance, if you're tracking what the characters are are carrying and how much of it and where it's stowed, that the more real you make those things, the more they become avenues to come at the players. They can't carry as much anymore because you've weakened them or you give them a piece of treasure. That's like huge and inconvenient, but really valuable. (laughs) That's, that's a, that's a fun complication. I think for DMs, like, Yeah, though this thing is awesome, but it's like the size of a master bed. You know, it's -hmm. it's tough to move around.
0: Yeah, it's it's bigger than Tensor's disc could handle. You know, (laughs) right? Certainly. uh, (laughs) You're gonna need. You got two. You got a fighter and a barbarian. Y'all can move it around.
1: (laughs) Right? Yeah, you need two goliaths in the party to uh, to to carry that (laughs) thing. Right?
0: Oh, and this
1: man. to me this is a reason why you track things like encumbrance it's a reason why you bother to like to, f- to figure out where on your person is is all this stuff like there's a reason to track the rations and the torches and the ropes and the iron spikes and all of that is because it lends a weight and a reality to the game that, that i find enhances the game and then it also leaves another way open for the dm to mess with my character that isn't my character ended up dying, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I kind of like that. Uh, I like to see more of it, you know?
0: Yeah. well, Hey, I, I, I do, too. <laughs> uh, and if you want to see more of us, uh, go ahead and make sure to click like uh, subscribe to the channel. Give us a comment down there. Tell us what you think about the shows. Uh, also hit that bell so you get notifications. Uh, and if you want to follow us out in the rest of the social media world, hit us up on either Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're all over the place. Take it easy and roll.
1: Let's read a patron question. In case y'all didn't know, we've got a whole community over on Patreon with lots of different rewards. We've got a whole other podcast. There's a level with a hangout, discounts, all kinds of stuff. And we read a question from one of our patrons every week here on the podcast. So here we go
0: got a question from a patron here uh let's have a q uh, and supply an a uh i do have a question though i'm sure you've heard it before because it's so omnipresent in the hobby Uh, i have a hard time reconciling the narrative of combat with the mechanics of hit points a dragon can get uh snaked around for a while but how does one approach narrating the hits on a human-sized combatant uh, once they take hit after hit without dying, we all know Joe the Fighter ain't actually going to keep going after three spears from a, from Gabos to the torso. Um, yeah, this this is one of those questions that a lot of people a lot of people get hung up on hit points and oh, yeah. what it actually means. Yeah, like each hit point is an amount of blood, and if you lose it all, you die. Or I, I, to me, I, I know I, I to me hit points aren't so specific of a thing it does not measure right. your actual health it is no. a combination of like health morale sure, yeah. uh, and and ability like all of those things you can get the crap knocked out of you and basically beat zero but you haven't bled at all because you yeah. just got your bell rung so hard now i know the job the, the the game would call that oh so you were knocked unconscious well not yet that sure. effect hasn't applied but you can still just get your bell rung and that brings you to the point of not being able to fight anymore. But I, I don't know. That's why I, I try to keep my descriptions as a DM, like loose, vague, uh-huh. uh, you know, a, a cut of blood on the arm mm-hmm. as it slips past your armor. You know, I don't do a full spear to the stomach. OK, you got hit for four. Oh, you take a <laughs> spear to the stomach. Where are you? What are you at now? I'm at 38. It took, yeah. it took me down from 48 to 42 right. to 38. <laughs> like, no, you didn't take a spear to the stomach. The spear went towards your stomach, and much like Frodo, maybe where he's got his armor, a twist there's a bruise the there, but yeah. you didn't get stabbed. I don't know. Jim, I, I've been Yeah,
1: talking. yeah. I love hit points, right? Like, I, and I, you're, yeah. and I think for a lot of the reasons that you're talking about, they are a nice abstraction that gives you a lot of leeway to do a lot. Like, if you don't nail down what a hit point is, then it can be anything, mm-hmm. and embrace the fact that a hit point is just a metagame pacing mechanic. That's it. It's a way to pace yeah. a fight so that it's exciting so that it doesn't go on too long or too short and specifically, and this is not like, this is like word out of the creators of Dungeons and Dragons mouth that it's designed to emulate a certain style of, of fight that was prevalent in like Earl Flynn movies of which I don't think I've ever seen one, but I'm sure there's a video that exists uh, for it. but it's like sort of the back and forth and, and dashing up spiral staircases and, and, you know, swashbuckling style combat where fight, 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 and then it's over. And, and that's what a hit point does. And I think trying to rationalize it as anything else leads to these problems because I like the luck and fatigue and, and sort of sometimes like it's magic. Like it's literally magic (laughs) that's that my hit points are. And then it runs into this weird wall of like, well, the only spell to get them back are called healing cure wounds you know when i mm-hmm. when i rest and get bandaged up i i get a lot of hit points back so the game keeps reinforcing this idea that they are health that they are hit hit literal hit points uh, how many times can you be hit and so i think like if if we really embrace their fatigue their luck their whatever then we should embrace the fact that like ev- maybe everybody has a second wind type ability right? Like maybe everybody has a quick, give me some extra, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> why do I well, always yeah, have the same amount of luck <laughs> every time I it's, fight? It,
0: yeah. That's, that's called taking a short rest, Jim. And you use your hit. Sure.
1: <laughs> like I, you know, people can I, just I don't do it quicker. There are times that <laughs> I like to play a game of DD where every time I sit down to play, I re-roll my hit points, but you know, I'm just that kind of guy. Um, mm, so I
0: that would, that would be but, an interesting one,
1: but there's a way to even, even stick with the, these are wounds with the framework of, of escalating hit die, uh, and whatever is like, as your hit points increase, you do become tougher, right? Like you become like both mentally and, and physically, right? They can represent a lot of things. Forget the fact that only constitution applies to it. Um, and so, you know, your fighter who at like, say first level had his D 10 hit die that might've literally represented their their physical bodily health, this goblin's uh, stabbing at, right? Or every three gobbo spears. Um, And, but through a combination of like what is saying, like the, the bruises twisting and turning aside, you know, the hit point is like the, the just the shock of having their spears clatter against a shield and reverberating, you know, just the wear and tear of combat is what hit points represent the bruises, the cuts, the scrapes, the fact they're moving all around your, stepping on each other. It's not this static thing. And I think when it comes to combat, we often let our, uh, the, the game define our imagination, right? Like if you're playing on a grid or a battle mat or something, like it's easy to think of the game as existing in these five foot squares that are static and everybody stays the same and doesn't move around or like, well, the game says I'm unconscious, but that's a condition That should really reflect what's going on in the narrative of the game, which is what ultimately should be supreme, because that's the fun part, right? (laughs) That's the part we're here for the story of it. So not letting the game take the reins in this moment, I think is the way to go. Maybe sometimes hit points are a bunch of nicks and cuts and scrapes, and you get out of a fight covered in just tiny wounds, none of which are inconsequential until maybe one of them is after you've been worn down. You know, that's, that's, um, that's how I usually do it. The, the real head scratcher is how something like a big dragon like that can have the same kind of hit points that my little bitty fighter does. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's,
0: that's why they have so many more of them.
1: Right, right. How can I even get to the vital parts to do hit point damage in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> um, Mag- but yeah, magic? I, there's a whole, I, I love this question. There's a lot we could chew on here about whether or not hit points should be appropriate for all situations or, you know,
0: well, like as a counterpoint to it, it's why when I talk to people about cypher system, they don't like it because they're like, I don't want to spend my hit points to do stuff. And I'm like, well, that's why they're not hit points. They're a representation of your, your resolve, whether it be physically with your might or, or, uh, your reflexes and your sharpness with your, uh, with your speed or your mental faculties with your intellect. And you spend that just like you would actually spend it, you know, when a, when a marathon runner runs a marathon and then collapses at the end, nobody hit them nobody right. did any damage to them they expended yeah. all of their energy therefore sure. they expended their pools and like that's right. what that looks like they need to take a, a recovery roll uh um, right. and so somebody slaps some gatorade in their hand
1: <laughs> i i have an answer to that it's like you know you expend your hit points in d and d2 you know what like that's the co- the hit points are the cost of being in combat
0: yeah <laughs> yeah i don't do a gut stab with a spear until like I know you have twenty four hit points and you get stabbed for twelve. Yeah. Okay. If I take half your hit points away, then yeah, that's gonna be something that looks akin to an actual real wound. Uh where you wanna, you know, worry about that and end that combat quick, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Fun times. Love hit points.
0: Yeah. Hit points. (laughs) All right, Jim. We got a we got another we got a Patreon question here. Uh, let's give an A to this Q. Uh, is there a particular fantasy mythos or culture that you feel is particularly, uh, un, un underserved, uh, in five E, uh, that you'd like to see, uh, expanded upon?
1: Yep. <laughs> I almost said undeserved <laughs> yes, and I'm like <laughs> undeserved. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, it I, <laughs> there is, it's un, particularly undeserved. Yeah. No underserved. Yeah. I, I, um, It's kind of hard to make a low magic party in in fifth edition, Dungeons and Dragons. Everyone has a lot of magic and access to a lot of it. I don't know how it happened. Try making a party that does not have majority magic users of some sort in the broadest term possible, right? There's some of the barbarian really just berserk berserker, right? All the others have some Mm -hmm. kind of magic. Um, there's those few kinds of fighter that don't you kinds of rogue. And then that's it Uh, you know, you're limited to those uh kind of archetypes because if it's if we're talking monks key is a type of magic you know yeah. um and so it's a it's if you're into that kind of fantasy and there are a lot of people into it that is not well served in fifth edition you'd have to do a lot of restructuring the closest i've seen come to it is maybe for <laughs> long time webdm fans not a surprise but it's adventures in middle earth i think they did the best job there um I know it's not out of, I know it's out of print right now, so not everybody has access to it, but I I'm pretty sure that uh, it will be back. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the closest I've seen uh, come to it from any kind of like major party publisher, you know,
0: I would definitely say um, low magic. I completely agree there. Um, uh, hmm, what can I say? That's not spell jammer. Um, Go and say
1: it. No, speak your truth.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I'm sorry, but. Hey, it is a popular thing. People love the sci-fi and they love the fantasy. I don't so I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't I just I, don't understand why they haven't brought it back. I, uh,
1: I think a spelljammer type setting is particularly well suited to the rules of 5th edition, right? In the same way that like Eberron yeah. encapsulated 3rd edition when it came out. I think a high octane, high action just soaked in magic setting uh that that's leans towards the spelljammer but isn't like necessarily like we're going to have to completely stick like just copy what they did in second edition but like update it refresh it reimagine parts of it mm-hmm. you know uh could really serve fifth edition well i i yeah I, I think it's uh i think it'd be a really cool fit you know mm. um and now it's kind of like yeah there's there's that uh, you know you might say that a a, a plane sort of hopping game, whether it's the faction-oriented type planescape game or more that's just like features a lot of planes, isn't necessarily served. But I think it's, you know, you could cobble something together. But when I think of underserved, I mean things that like need rule support that 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 really benefit from like having either significant additions to the to the game engine or like a reapproaching something. Um that uh th- you know those are the kinds of uh fantasy cultures or fantasy styles that I see uh, underserved. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code
0: 5 hetravel travel at 5-HourEnergy.com expires april 30th one-time use only not valid with other discounts remember visit fivehourenergy.com and use code 5 hetravel to save 20 percent judy was boring hello then judy discovered jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy